Hey, Quiet Rebel. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you a quick question. Would you love to guest on more aligned podcasts to grow your business this year without having to do it all yourself or hire an external agency that doesn't know your business as intimately as you and your own team? Well, I might have a solution for that. At the time of this recording, I'm so excited to let you know that the doors for my Pitch With Purpose certification program are currently open for applications. And what is this, you may be asking, or even if you didn't ask. (laughs) I basically created this program because I saw there was a huge gap in the current available offers for podcast guesting. You can either do it yourself, but you don't have the bandwidth for it. You have a VA who's probably bought a template and... Even when they try to customize it, it doesn't quite land. Or thirdly, the external booking agency, which you do have the financial investment for, but you realize that there's not a lot of choice that you have with where you're being pitched or how. Well, I want to give that power back to you. And how I can do that is helping to train your team. So the certification program was made for VAs and marketing assistants, anybody who can represent you on your team to do that work, but also allow you to have choice with where you're showing up in the world. So if you want them to write pitches in your voice, being able to find the podcast that are actually ready to hear your message and will allow you to expand your reach even further and know exactly how to promote the episodes without you being in the trenches for it all, well, you might be interested in applying. So I've got a link in the show notes where you can learn more about the certification and fill out the application if you're interested in chatting with me about how this could work for you and your team. And ultimately, if you're listening to this and you're not the CEO who actually wants this to have done for them, but you want to be that person to do the pitching for other clients for this very high in demand service, well, I encourage you to apply too. It's the same link, just head on over to the link in my show notes and you can learn more about how this could work for your business. Alrighty, that's all from me for now. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello my lovelies, this is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. Today's conversation is a much needed one, especially if you're 
currently a solopreneur and you're looking to expand your business, or maybe you've already got a couple of team members on your team and you're wanting to grow your business and you want to make sure that everyone is kind of like along for the ride. So if you want to learn how you can build a team that wants to grow with you as your business expands, this is a conversation. And I'm super excited to invite on my friend and past client, Vivian Chan, who's going to be dishing all the deets about this. So Vivian, welcome to the Quiet Rebels podcast. Thank you so much, May Kay, for having me. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. So before we get into all the goodies, I'd love to know how you really got into this, because obviously from working with you, I know what your story is. But for our wonderful audience who has yet to have the pleasure to get to know you, how did you learn what really motivates people to stay or leave a company? Mm. So um, so I've many years of um, working experience in um, the corporate world and I've personally experienced um, how just one negative experience can affect the employee, can make that person want to leave. doesn't matter how much money you pay that person, you know, and so the employee experience is really important and the culture that the company has. And um, if, let's say, um, so for myself, um, after working for the same place for um, more than seven years, um, even though I was underpaid, but then um, I was really enjoying what, what what I was doing. But until one day, things started to change. So and because of um, bad experience, I started to, you know, quickly wanted to move on to something else. So and it that that one experience actually has affected me so much that um that like motivate me like even one like one more to help people to build like a company that can retain the top employees and the top stars and um yeah that's how I started um focusing on the leadership space mm. Right. I do remember the story and you don't have to go into it, by the way. And I'm, I'm curious if you're if you'd be willing to kind of share a bit more about what it took, like why you chose to be OK with being underpaid, because I have a very similar experience. Like I was my, my parents later on when I left this particular company, they're like, Megha, you were working for peanuts, but we didn't say anything because you were so damn happy. So, <laughs> so I would love to know from your perspective, like, what was it? Because clearly it wasn't money that was the main motivator for you to stay. What was that motivator that made you want to stay mm-hmm. at the time? So I actually asked myself uh, that questions many times in the past when I look back at, you know, my, my ex- the experience that I had. So I, I will ask myself, like, how come I still can choose to, like, continue to stay even though they pay me so low? But um, I... I realized that I chose to stay because I every day at the job I I was able to use my strengths to do what I really good at doing. So mm-hmm. I feel satisfied. I I found like um, fulfillment from what I'm doing at work. So I I was able to help people. I was able to help them grow and develop them because at the time I was managing um, many people in the team. So that kind of like seeing them grow helping them team members grow that's like kind of like my motivation Mm, yeah yeah. I appreciate that it's kind of like it feels beyond a job 
And mm-hmm. I like what you said, like they were honoring your strengths and it's something that you genuinely enjoy doing. And so that leads me into um, this might seem a little out of left field, but just bear with me. Uh, <laughs> so how do you like as the leader, as the CEO, however you want to call yourself, um, how do you balance between being professional and being personable? Because I get very attached to my team members, I suppose, um, especially as people, because we have a very heavy vetting process um, for someone who wants to join my team. And so when they've kind of gone through all of those vetting processes, jumped through all the hoops um, just to really test their character and then, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, well, you've done all the hard work, so... (laughs) Let's be friends now. And so how do you kind of find that balance? Like from your experience of like managing employees at your company, um, what do you think about that, like that balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, to I think like to become like personable, you have to start with having um, ongoing conversations with your team members. So after you hire someone, it's not just that, oh, you spend some time talking to them one or two times and then that's it, you know, the rest of the time it's all about work, work, work. Mm. <laughs> so especially when you get into the working mode, it's like you want to get things done. When you meet, you kind of like talk about work, you know, talk about what things need to be done. So there's no, I, I've, I've seen a lot of um, leaders or CEO or whoever you're managing, like they don't really get a chance to build the relationship, like mm-hmm. build meaningful relationship with the employees and um, uh, to have to build trust. So relationship and building relationship takes time and it also takes time to build trust with them. Yeah, you can't expect them to open up to you if you don't, invest time in um, building relationship with them so I would um, like I would uh, suggest that um, you will uh, spend time like to set aside time to have ongoing conversation with them that could be like maybe once a week I I personally would do it once a week but I know that some for some people it's like well I have so many things to do. I don't have, you know, what they put when they're running out of time. I've seen a lot of people would just put push aside the, the time that they spend with their employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that kind of will cause them, like, negatively affect them actually down the road. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean because I've recently had we um, chose to have weekly meetings now and they've it used to be like once a month but I've seen a big difference between our bond since we've uh, moved to weekly meetings and it's been really great because it's kind of half catch-up like personal catch-up and then half work catch-up and it's Mm -hmm. nice that balance I think also it helps that um I ask all of my team members to do um the love languages test and my love language is quality time so that's why it actually is quite natural for me to want to spend time with people um because that's how I feel love the most but if someone actually is is a different love language to me then I'll honor that you know like maybe it's an act of service or say if they 
were ill one day, but they had things to do. I'd be like, don't worry, gotcha. You know, it's just something like that. Or um, if they prefer gifts, then, you know, I'd send them the gift in the mail. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all of those things. But I'm curious to hear more about creating like an ideal, because we always talk about client journeys, right? Client customer journey. So what is it like for like the team member journey or the employee experience that we can create? Because you just gave a hint earlier on about, um, you know, people, you know, setting aside a bit of time, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, however, which time frame you want to use, um, to kind of have that ongoing relationship and building trust as you go. So in your experience, what um, could, what elements can we like put into place, like re- like ingredients of a recipe for, <laughs> for a great employee experience? Mm, okay so employee experience is like uh, the journey that employees um, take while interacting with your workplace so the employee experience affects your employee retention engagement and also business outcomes so nowadays um, employees have become the consumers of the workplace mm-hmm. yeah so for today's um, a lot of um, employees they don't just want a job like they want more than that. So the experience that they go through will shape how they perceive your um, your purpose, your brand, and your culture. Mm. And um, things like experience of new hire or performance review, this not only affects the individual, but it also tells people like who you are and what you or your brand care about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so much like a consumer experience, right? Um, one negative experience in the process can create problems throughout the system. Mm. Yeah, like if you go to a restaurant and then even though the food is good, but then you just had like a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can yeah, think bad. of one right now. <laughs> yeah, so you, you remember forever about the bad experience, you know, you kind of like sure. forget about the good part of the, the meal. <laughs> mm. so yes. You, Yes, people remember how you make them feel. Same thing with um, uh, employees as well. You know, your startup, your team members, however you want to call it. So, um, so the uh, so so the journey um, it starts with like before it starts with like before they even come into your company. So before they apply for your for your, to work with you they'll consider things like, okay, does this place offer me opportunities to learn and grow? Will I have quality relationship with whoever I'm working with? Will I be able to do meaningful work? Does this company has like a strong mission or purpose? Like, of course, they also care about the pay and benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to build a strong employment brand and workplace culture. They are attractive mm-hmm. to them, attractive to top talent. Yeah, a lot of people like spend money on like building their brand for to to uh, to get loyal customer base. So for you, you have to when you ha- when you have a small team, you also have to think about: Do I have a strong employment brand or workplace mm-hmm. culture that will attract and retain them? yeah and then when yeah Karen and when you hire someone it's important to make sure that the the person is actually going to thrive in their role when they work with you 
Yeah. So from the employee perspective, right, um, we can think about like the hiring process. We start with hiring process. So it should be clear and engaging and align with your employment brand that you are trying to create. So it, it should make the employee, the potential employee feel fair and unbiased. Mm-hmm. And the decision, hiring decision should be based on like strong fit to the role and culture. You know, and once you move to like from a track, uh, hire, and then you move on to hire after they got hired to join your company, you will need an um, effective onboarding program. So, yeah. So research actually shows that um, only 12% of employees agree that um, their company does a great job at, on, at that, on onboarding. So a lot of people didn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> A good 88% has a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of like, you have to get the right foot you know, right uh, in the beginning. Right? Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah. It, so the way that you describe employee, employee branding, it sounds like internal branding. And because a lot of us focus on external branding because of, you know, it means that we attract clients and, and customers into our sphere right and I feel that um, the way you're talking about um, you know for employee retention or team retention that it needs to be lived out within as well because um, we've all been a part of teams before where what they say on the outside doesn't match the inside like that's Mm -hmm. that's my past right and to be honest while I haven't had a clear plan about, um, you know, when it comes to the hiring process, the onboarding, the things that I always stick to is when I when I felt really unsupported by a previous boss where they'd be like, oh, it doesn't matter what you think so long as the customer's okay. And, um, or when they'd side with another employee with another employee because they were higher ranking or something like that. You know, those are the things that I remember. And it's, you know, like you said, it's, you remember how people make you feel. And the last thing I'd ever want any of my team members to feel is that I don't have their back because there was a pivotal moment in my team over the last couple of months where we invited on a guest to the podcast. And we we have a rule, we say, if they're rude once, we'll give them a free pass because everybody has those days sometimes. But if it's twice, then it's a pattern and then we have zero tolerance for any rudeness or any um, abrasiveness, I guess, uh, to, towards my team. But what's interesting with uh, my team member at the time who's helping me manage this guest, um, I can feel that she was was kind of like, preparing herself for me to side with this guest because I invited the guest on but when I turned around and said like no she was rude to you and if she's rude to you then that's not someone I really want to have a conversation with let let alone advocate and promote so no like if they're rude to you then they're rude to me by extension and that's not okay because a huge value of mine is kindness and compassion and um yeah respect you know like those for me anyway, those three come under the same umbrella of kindness. 
um, and also honesty as well. That's a huge thing. So honesty, transparency, integrity, all those things, they're all highly valued for us. And what I love about my team, um, so give a shout out to Annie. <laughs> so any, any of you who have ever like, been in contact with me about my programs my services or you know being a guest on this podcast you will have met Annie <laughs> at least by email and Vivian's the same for you right <laughs> you've met Annie before and it's because what I love about her as well as being just an awesome human with multicolored hair <laughs> um, and being a Pokemon lover she always reminds me what my values are so if I'm nearly breaching them out of a habit of people pleasing, she will hold me accountable to it in a really loving way. She'll be like, okay, remember that, you know, you you want to focus on this, that you advocate for this, make sure that your actions reflect your values sort of thing. So I'm just like, after sharing all of that with you, <laughs> like, what, what areas can I improve on or kind of like let go of because I'm kind of shooting in the dark here <laughs> and for and of course like this is just my experience so for anybody who's listening who may have that shooting in the dark thing as well like what can they do to kind of like shed some light in that area so it doesn't feel so mm, ungraspable <laughs> to oh, do this okay yeah and from thanks for sharing so from that I from what you have just shared, I can see that you have done something right because you mentioned that Annie will let you know, you know, remind you of the boundaries or the values that uh, you want to uphold. So it actually takes courage for her to reach out to you. And um, yeah, I yeah. believe that there's some sort of trust in be like between you two. Mm. Right? So you have probably... Uh, spend time to build that trust so that she feel kind of you know comfortable to talk to you not not everybody will feel comfortable talking to their boss you know <laughs> you're not doing something right or you should do this you know so yeah so that's a good point <laughs> yeah you did something right thank you annie <laughs> yeah so um so um another thing that I would advise people to like focus on is um so in order uh well in order to keep your top employees you have to know what their needs are because when when they're so like I mentioned before people nowadays they are not just looking for paycheck you know they have some other needs they are looking that they are looking for either like basic needs all the way up to like growth needs if those needs are not being met, then they'll look for somewhere else. They'll leave. It's mm. like you're going to a store, right? You're looking for something, but then that store just doesn't provide what you're looking for. So what do you do? You leave and go somewhere else to find what you're looking for. Same thing with um, like your team members, right? They come in here, they actually have, they might not realize it or you might not realize it at first, but they are. there are some needs that, um, like they're looking for and then someone in need so if you can fulfill those um, you will be able to keep them it's very uh, it's less likely for them to leave so you have to find out um, um, whether their needs are their needs are being met for example um, people nowadays they like 
they no longer turn to workplace for just job satisfaction. They pursue development、mm-hmm. because they want to. They have the desire to continue to learn and grow. So they want to get better. So that wasn't the case in the past, but now it is. And、mm-hmm. then, and they also don't want a boss. <laughs> they want a coach who believe in them, who want to coach them, and engage them in ongoing conversations. Not just like, okay, once a year we do a performance review or annual review. It's they want more than just that, you know. So, according to research, the number one reason employees leave the workplace is um because they it's um they see like lack of growth.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. They don't see room for growth and development, so they go somewhere else to find it. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So, so um, I would really highly recommend that um. Those who those who have like team members, um, focus on like find out what their needs are, and then make sure that their needs are fulfilled. And one of the needs, of course, it, it was like development, the, the the opportunity for development. How are you going to develop them? You know, and um, they desire like um high development culture. Like they want to see a path forward. They want to understand how they can gain new skills, how they can have joy working with your clients. You know, yeah,、mm-hmm. they want to have the chance to do their best every day, not just like, okay, these things need to be done. I'll pass it on to to my team members and let them do it. Whoever have time will do it. <laughs> so you have to be more selective in assigning, like understanding what their strengths really are. That's very important because when you put someone in the wrong seat, on like on the wrong seat in the bus, they won't stay with you for too long.、Mm. You have to ask yourself, did I put this person in the right seat?、Mm. So、uh, let let's backtrack a little bit because、um, when you said. You know when people's needs are being met or not will determine how long they will stay in a position. So on that note, how do you go about measuring what their needs are? Like, do they just tell you? Do you just ask them? And how do you know if they're being met? Like, do you again? Do you ask them some questions? Do they do a certain test? How do you even go about that? Because that's been on my mind since you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. So.、Um... There are、um, few ways you can、um, find out what their needs are. So, but according to the research that Gallup did, so Gallup has did like、um, has has done many years of research, and they ask people these questions: What do you want out of your work and workplace? And the results came out that、um, what people say in the past is so different than what they say today. In the past, people would come. To work for their paycheck. Now they're coming for purpose. They want to tie to the mission of the company that they work for. And I mentioned before, they no longer want just job satisfaction. Satisfaction. They want development. They want a coach. They want ongoing conversations, and they want. They don't want to just have a boss who focuses on their weaknesses. They want. A coach who focuses on areas that they are doing best, that they can、mm-hmm. really improve through the lens of their strengths. 
So all these um, are from the research and then and they narrowed, Gallup has narrowed down, okay, these are the, the needs of um, employees. And then in order to keep them uh, engaged, there are actually 12 elements. So, so um, Gallup has uh, did the research as well and um, concluded that there are 12 elements that will, that these 12 elements are the uh, key drivers for engagement. So when someone is engaged, they perform well. When they perform well, they um, they are they are happy, they are satisfied, and they always keep you know stay with you. Yeah. Okay. And also, you can also, of course, like on, from ongoing conversations with them, you kind of have to um, like ask them, you know, uh, what they're looking for out of like like what um, what they're looking for when they work with you what they want, what they need, not just like physical need, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I, oh, I need some stationery or whatever. <laughs> but it's more than just that. <laughs> yeah. And then at first um, you might have to do it like um, over time, like every time slowly you build the kind of like building blocks. So at first they might not feel comfortable enough to tell you really what they want. They might mm-hmm. just tell you like superficial things. Yeah, because they, there's no like um, enough trust or deep. The, the relationship is not as deep yet, so they don't might not feel comfortable telling you. So you have to like do it over time, and then really find out okay what they need. Like listen to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I appreciate that. It's kind of like a, you know, people say like peeling back layers of an onion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the closer you get to the core, the more strong it is. So it's kind of, um, yeah, at the beginning, they might not know you very well and vice versa. So, of course, they're going to share things that you probably want to hear as the employer. Um, but as you both get to know each other, then you get closer and closer to the core and see, like, whether you actually do align with where you both want to go and whether that person is the person to help them get there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. feel that. So, okay, um, you mentioned, like, towards the very beginning of this conversation about company culture. So I think that there's, so, there's so many different directions that we can take this, right? Um, so what what's the difference between the employee experience, you know, when they first get hired, the onboarding, and the ongoing experience versus the company culture? Where's the overlap, if there is any, or they're mutually exclusive? Um, And what can we do to create a company culture that's nurturing and where people want to stay in order to grow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when it comes to um, the company culture, like you're building a uh, employment brand and also workplace culture so um so one one thing it's important is um the engagement at work mm-hmm. yeah so are you building a culture where people come here and they really feel motivated to work mm-hmm. and not like they really believe in what they do they really engage in what they do and um, it's not just because of there's some tasks that need to be done. They will just do it. They have to do it, you know, 
but they feel motivated like in themselves they feel like they want to do it they want to do a good job so are you building that kind of environment you know, the kind of culture that promotes um, engagement at work and um, engagement is more than just making sure that they're um, satisfied with their work right it's a found actually it's the foundation to high performance and um as I mentioned before, I, I kind of briefly mentioned like Gallup research about the 12 elements that will drive engagement among employees. So if you get the um, employee experience or the work culture, right, you will in- incorporate these 12 elements in your into your workspace, you know, into your in their work among the employees. And then also um, another thing is um, performance. And um, like I uh, like I mentioned before, employees they want like con- continuous and effective ongoing conversations. There are strengths based, employment focus, and um, performance oriented. Yeah. So, and uh, can you repeat the questions again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, I I kind of. Don't remember my question. <laughs> the question is pretty much, um, you know, what is the the difference between company culture and the employee experience? Mm, okay, yeah, the company culture. So, uh, the company culture. So you want to, like, you want to ask yourself, right, what kind of culture you want to build for your, um, for your company, like internal culture, mm-hmm. and then is it. Um, they come here, they get to do whatever they do best. They will get to grow, they'll get to learn, or it's just a culture where things need to get done. Mm. I need to get results, you know. It's all metrics based. Mm. I need to look at the numbers. How's the sales, how's the conversion and stuff like that. So what yeah. kind of culture are you building that you can you attract your, you know, your employees or you retain them you know yeah you mm. can think about like like would you be willing to stay with a company where the culture is just you know i just want to get things done fast i need to achieve things <laughs> that's that's my that's my literal my last job was literally like that um, purely hard metrics, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily very little focus on soft metrics. But on the outside, to the world, it's like, oh, we care about soft metrics, um, i.e., the experience of people and how they're treated, all those things. That's what it looked like on the outside. But on the inside, it was a very different story. And that incongruence was really hard to stick to because incongruence, in my mind, is. It feels really dishonest, so that's why it breached my one of my own personal values <laughs> very mm. much. And literally, um, every day when I sit down at my desk, there is this book, the, the stack of books in front of me, and I've chosen this one to stay at top of mind for me because, like, I, I I believe in the power of the reticular activation system. Like, when you focus on certain words, they will all, they'll be all you see, right? So I've got 
a box that says conscious on it so I'm like okay every day I need to make conscious decisions and there's this book that I kept here it's called people over profit by Dale Partridge and um because what you said about the the hard metric you know that's not there's nothing wrong with that it's just not something that I want to subscribe to in my own business and I think there's a clue because when uh, my beloved Annie uh the ditto to my Pikachu <laughs> um she said to me during a meeting a couple of weeks back she said you know Meike you could make a lot more money if you wanted to but the choices you make are always for the people not really yourself and because I have my base needs covered right with the investments that people make in me whether it's my workshop series for podcast guesting or my one-on-one VIP spotlight days which is what you invested in last year or my sustainable visibility six-month mentorship she says to me like you could make a lot more money if you had different priorities but your priority is always people so Mm -hmm. the money will come um but it's very clear that I choose people over profit sometimes to my own financial detriment but I care a lot about trust and I don't take that lightly when someone has that in me um, as a person and as a business owner. So all that to say, the kind of company culture I clearly want to build (laughs) is where people, we care about each other and the people that we help and um, caring about the people we bring into our sphere to be a collective rise, not just one rises and one drops you know because again I've been in those situations where understandably I get it um, when a leader or a boss or a CEO chooses the customer with total disregard of the fact that I'm the one who actually takes care of the customers so it doesn't make sense to me that's what it is mm-hmm. it's like in my mind it's like well take care of your team because your team takes care of your people so why wouldn't you? You know, it feels like skipping a step. Otherwise, but yeah, that's that's my spiel about <laughs> the kind of company culture we hear. I think you saying media. So <laughs> yeah. So after you de- decide like what kind of company culture you want to create, you kind of model your employee experience around your the culture that you want to create. Yeah, I see. So it's intertwined, right? It feels. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the company culture is almost like the it's laced in the experience when you're building it, like the, you know, the hiring process and the onboarding, but the culture, it sounds like the ongoing experience as well. Ongoing experience, how you want them to feel while they're still working with you, you know, Mm. engaged, you know, when people are not engaged, they're not doing any work. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter you pay them big bucks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so money isn't always the biggest motivator. It can be, depending on what someone's needs or priorities are. And there's no judgment there because we're all in different stages of our lives and our businesses. And some seasons may require more money, even if it means putting fulfillment on the back burner. There's no judgment in that because we all have our own lives to live. Mm-hmm. So Vivian, as we start wrapping up this conversation, for anyone who's listening right now, who's either a solopreneur making their first hire or they already have, you know, their team member, like they've probably got like one is normally an assistant, or they've already got a couple of people, um, you know, on their team already. Regard, regardless of where anyone may be at, 
is there one recommendation that you can make for people in all of these parties to help them you know create that team that really does want to stay through and through like through thick and thin willing to walk through the storms with you walk through fire with you as your business grows what would you say or recommend so i recommend that well you have to kind of like reflect and also um, assess your the current situation that you have so i have some questions that you, i would recommend um, them to think about for example if let's say um, you're starting out you're looking to hire someone uh, onto your team to be your first team um, so you can think about what employment brand do you want to build is it aligned with your purpose brand and culture and what elements of your culture are you highlighting to attract top talent and for those who maybe you already have a one person or two person a small team so you can ask yourself like how are my employees experiencing the workplace do i actually know how they're ex- uh, how they're experiencing the workplace every day working for me and do they feel safe talking to me about it will they tell me the truth or just tell me mm. what i want to hear mm. and do they actually show up every day enthusiastically working like involved in your work and then do you actually build on do you do does your company build on strengths and purpose mm. when it comes to um your uh, team members yeah just something to ask about and also like do they do do my team members see a future with me yes oh that's a big one (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like the talk that you have in relationships like in a romantic relationship it's like is there a future for us it's kind of like that (laughs) you know the team version like do you see a future with me and um it's actually now that you say that, it was one of the first questions that I ask any team member, whether they join as a, a contractor, part-time or full-time, or any other way to work with someone. But like, <laughs> I, I, remember I always share the mission and I ask them, do you want to be a part of that? And if so, or not, why? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm in a position where I'm asking them that question, they've shown interest in the job role, but I do want to literally hear it from them. Not for them just to say yes, because I've shared my company mission with them, but I want to know why. And I, I, I'm quite an intuitive person, so I can tell when someone's lying. <laughs> but, and uh, I can tell if they're nervous or they're just talking, uh, you know, like you said, to just kind of like telling me what I want to hear I really want to understand their why because my why is important to be in alignment with their why for why they're even there for the position and what they're doing in it so yeah that's a I think that could be the key takeaway here Um, because there's clearly a lot of things that we would need to take into account to ensure that we do have a team that wants to grow with us whether it's meeting not whether it's the fact that we would need to meet their needs um, in multiple ways, measuring them, maintaining trust, developing a healthy company culture, however that may be for you, 
developing a employee brand um, for a seamless experience before, during, and after, <laughs> and ongoing. So clearly, there's a lot of things for us to do. <laughs> but a great place to start absolutely is that question: like, do you see a future with me, with the company, with the mission? So I love that. It's a great. Great way to end the conversation as I'll ask you this next question, Vivian. So I've got three questions left. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) So for someone who might need to have a little bit of help from you to help them develop their own company culture, their employee brand, and just like developing their leadership style that attracts the people who want to stay with them, where can they go to connect further with you to just to have a chat or potentially hire you via services? Mm -hmm. So you can um, check out my website at um, the set.co so t-h-e-s-e-t-t-e dot c-o yep I'll pop the link in the show notes don't worry <laughs> so check out my website and um, you can find out about my um, the contact form is there and my services are also there and I also post like new projects that I'm working on as well mm-hmm. yeah and so is there a social media platform that you are the most active on um, just for because I'm I don't always go to people's websites first I always check out their Instagram so <laughs> so for you where would be the best place to find you well absolutely so I am active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is the um, the set.co okay right so the set.co that is um, consistent across the Instagram handle and the website so my lovelies I'll be sure to pop Vivian's um, links in the show notes so don't worry about remembering the spelling that she so kindly did for us <laughs> is all there in the show notes all right so my next question one of my faves which is what makes you acquirable mm. um, I think from young age like I was always this like quiet girl like people will perceive me as like oh I don't have any I'm very easygoing I don't have any opinion but actually I do have a lot of opinions <laughs> <laughs> So those who really know me, like very few actually, like but those who like a few individuals who really know me, and they actually know that oh you're you're quite opinionated, <laughs> opinionated, <laughs> yeah, even though you're quiet. <laughs> yeah, I just choose like um when to you know share my opinion, you know to who and in what environment. Yeah, mm. but it doesn't mean that I don't have opinion. I might be quiet and talk less, and then um, yeah. But I, yeah, I have my own thinking and opinion. <laughs> I like that. It's so uh, it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere for a lot of people who are so used to you being quiet, right? But there's a reason why people say it's always the quiet ones. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're just waiting for that right moment <laughs> to start the fires <laughs> and just to kind of like, as you say, share our opinion when when it's right for us. And mm-hmm. yeah, I like that all right and my final question and my absolute fave that i love asking so my lovelies if this is your first time listening to the quiet rebels podcast you've picked a great episode to start with but in case this uh i should wait hang on (laughs) whether you are new to this podcast or you are a frequent listener this is what happens when you hear this sound Mm -hmm. That sound effect means that it's time for a fact of the day for our lovely guest. So Vivian, because you're in our guest chair today, (laughs) or our guest sofa, 
guess hammock, whatever you want to call it. Um, what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one else knows on the internet? So uh, one fact about me is um, I speak four languages. Ooh, okay. Which yeah. four? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I speak um, English, uh, Malay. I'm originally from Malaysia, so I, I speak a Malay language. And um, I also speak Mandarin and Cantonese. Nice. <laughs> oh, the I have so much respect for people who are multilingual because I honestly think to myself, it's hard enough um, the nuances in English when um, because I've really recently learned the importance of language, um, especially as I'm training in trauma sensitivity right now. Like the nuances all matter. So for someone to have multiple <laughs> multiple languages that they're well versed in is pretty incredible. So thank you for sharing that with us. Alrighty, so Vivian, thank you so much for coming on to the Quiet Rebels podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I hope that everybody who's listened, especially to this point and still listening to me talk right now, uh, that they've gained some knowledge about how they can really create a intentional team experience for their companies, whether they are small, medium or large, it doesn't matter because all of this is going to count for those who really want those team members who is going to like, as I say, walk through fire with them and kind of like go through the storms together to really make their missions come to life. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. And so, my lovely, there we have it. So everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes. So be sure to head for that link. And if you haven't done so already, I would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation. And of course, if you feel cool too, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us. Oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back same place, same time next week for another episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.